Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. All right. So today's podcast is with Jules Davis. And while we were recording, I felt like we were sitting by a fire wrapped in blankets, munching on fresh fruits and nuts and cheeses and chocolates, sipping a warm milky cup of tea. And it just felt so good. I keep feeling it and reminding myself, oh, that feels so good. There's a lot of wisdom in here and it's made me remember some of the things in my life that I really need to hold sacred and reclaim. And I hope it does the same for you. Hi, everybody. I am so excited today to have author Jules Blaine Davis, author of The Kitchen Healer, here with us today. Welcome. So good to have you. So good to be with everybody here. Do you go by that full name or I just know you from Instagram like that? (laughs) (laughs) I'll go by love, jewels, hey, lady. (laughs) (laughs) No, yes, Jules Blaine Davis or jewels. Awesome. So it's hard, like, I don't want to start by, you know, doing the most kind of superficial thing and asking about your appearance, but I am going to, because people maybe who are listening aren't seeing your gorgeous, like long pink and blonde hair, which I feel like is such a signature part of your look. And we will talk about the deep stuff. Don't you worry. But I'm so curious, when did you start making your hair pink and why? Pink hair is a pretty deep conversation. Okay, great. I mean, I did not mean to be <laughs> I mean, let, about yeah, that. <laughs> exactly. Let's not make it topical, even though it is, and not. Um, the journey of, of this hair uh, started many, many years ago, way before people were creating pink hair for themselves. Um, maybe, yeah, I mean, I got married with pink hair, so that was, you know, a long time ago, maybe 18 years ago, so... Um, yeah, it was, it was a unique experience because I just really, I love, I love it as an offering. You know, I don't look at myself while I'm walking through the day. Um, I don't really look at myself often in that kind of topical like way. I don't really have a ton of mirrors and it's not because I don't want to, it's just because I'm a busy woman. And so when people will mention my hair, I forget now in earlier days, I think it was definitely like, see me, look, it's pink. And it's so fun for everybody. Now, um, I would say that I let it go for many, many months. So it's not an ongoing thing kind of evolves over the many months. And then I go back in. And I always say to people when they say, love your hair, I say it's for you. Mm. Because it is. Right. Because they're the ones admiring it and taking it in. Yeah, yeah, it's just joy. Pink is joy and pink is love. And, it, you know, it's like, it's just such a yummy color. Yeah. So why not? <laughs> yeah, well, I love it. I love it. Thanks for, yeah, Thank thanks you. for giving that. Sometimes I think, you know, we were like, oh, I'm wearing this outfit for me. You know, I'm wearing this lipstick for me. But I like just the ownership of like, I'm wearing it so you can admire it. 
and like see the the fun of this whole color arrangement that I am. The permission and freedom in it. And it's just, I mean, it's obviously for, for you. I mean, I get to see me, you know, on, on the zooms or, um, you know, for a quick minute, I mean, becoming a mom, you know, you don't really necessarily have the time to look or I didn't make that. That wasn't necessarily important to me to, to look at myself. It really is a feeling when mm. I feel like me, when I get dressed and I feel like me and not one to really look in the mirror. I even learned how to put makeup on without looking into a mirror as a kid. Mm. So it's a really interesting thing. Like I don't necessarily look to see if it feels like me. Yeah. So the hair you know, the great thing about pink hair, here's the really great thing is that you don't have to worry about if it's brushed or not. I mean, it's mm. really working in my favor. Um, Cause it's just fun all around. And so, yeah, I don't know. There's, and there's a reset to it too, when I get it done and it's super bright. Um, you know, I didn't do it for a couple of years when I was pregnant and also it takes time you know, it's a, it's a multi-hour process. Um, so yeah, Yeah. there's the hair and it's definitely a signature of kind of the kitchen healer, but I would say one of the foundational ingredients in that is permission and freedom. Mm, I love that so much. So before we talk about the kitchen healer, I want to just know about Jules and I want the community to know about Jules. Like who is she? Who Mm. is she now? What myths has she lived? And I know you can't put all of your years of living into, you know, a few minutes of a quick introduction, but just considering today, like today, what would you want to share about yourself today to um, help people to feel you before we continue to dive into your work? Mm. Mm, I love that. I love that. For for me, the language is like getting current. Yeah. You know, doing a, a today inventory. Yeah. Um, I would say today I am experiencing a new kind of joy in my life. Um, I would say it's an intimate joy. Um, And the inquiry I carry around the intimate joy is how willing am I to receive all that is here for me, Mm. all the joy. And that is today Mm. and this season Mm. I have it has come to me, this joy. It's very new. Um, joy is probably not new for me, yet seeing it in this way, um, you know, feeling the somatic joy um, is deep lineage work. I didn't, I didn't see many um, people in my family line and my home of origin um, experience sustained joy. Yeah. You know, there was moments of joy, events of joy, um, but really joy as an everyday occurrence, as a day to day. So I wouldn't say I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm even doing it. I would say I'm seeing it and being given the opportunity to, um, you know, also invited in as my joy, which is new for me, my one of my teachers yesterday said, you know, it's your joy. It's not a new person in your life or, you know, that's bringing you the joy. They're the catalyst to your joy. And that really has shifted it. So I bring that here because it's right in the field Mm -hmm. for me and definitely what I'm bringing today to um, us. And um, 
And it's new and joy is so intimate because the mind and the thoughts and the old stories and the data and the research and the scribbled notes want to continue to let me know that it's short-lived or that it's um, momentary or that it, you know, it's amazing how, um, you know, I, I wrote today in some of my writing that it's like, you know, the, the stories are throwing anchors out into the deep blue, you know, like just looking for the ground, something sturdy, you know, like as though joy isn't sturdy, mm-hmm. you know, or strong. Um, and I really, you know, looking to anchor myself um, in, you know, in something maybe I know, but I'm getting to know, I'm getting to know joy. And, and I want to get to know it in a way where it's not some fantasy. You know, I, I'm really like looking to meet it um, and also meet it in something that it doesn't go away when the joy I experience or the moment or a really great day goes away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love that. I've been thinking about this for years and maybe in the kind of deepest years of my own healing journey because they felt the most heavy. And there have been these moments where it's like, ah, I have to reclaim my joy. I have to find my joy. And and then, you know, there for me, there's been then the moments of like, but but it can't be because like everything I, you know, my mom's suffering and in and out of the hospital and so sick and like I can't feel joy, you know, which has been part of my story my whole life. Like the people around me are hurting so much, so I can't feel I'm not allowed to. Like it would just be just completely um selfish of me <laughs> to feel joy. And now I'm approaching 40. Um and I'm like, no, I have to. Like I have to feel this joy. Um and it's it feels essential. And I'm just curious, you know, and then we'll talk about your book. <laughs> but I'm just curious. We are talking about my book. Yes, it's true. It's true. <laughs> um yes, and you get into all the different topics in there, grief, joy mother, all of it. But, um, where, how do we toe the line, you know, of we're doing our deep healing and it's fucking heavy and we've all gone through a lot of different abuses and addictions and all kinds of things. And when is there a time for us to be in the healing and the, in the, in the grieving and the, in the expression of our sadness and the feeling at all. And then, how do we know when it's time to come to the joy? I'm asking you as like healer oracle right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I know that <clears throat> I don't feel like I came to the joy. Yeah. Because that means I'm in control of something, I which I yeah. am completely powerless over any kind of sense of control, which yeah. every elder behind me from my lineage is turning over in their graves. They're still, they're still holding on, yeah. <laughs> controlling from, from their deaths, yeah. from their combos. Um, I would say that it's, it's come due to the space I make. Mm. And I wouldn't say, oh, it's a reward and it's a conditional relationship either. It is its own joy. It is its own journey. You know, joy is, is, and I, and I, and we can choose to take it. It's like, you know, sharing with a client yesterday. She was talking about trust. 
She's like, I just want to trust the soil. That's her beautiful mm. language that I come, that I come from and that I'm, that it's, I said, well, what's under trust? You know, what is, what does it mean to trust for you? Like meaning not what does it mean to trust, but why, why do you want to trust the soil? It's like, I'll be free. I'll be held. And it's like, that's what we all want. We all want to feel held. We all want to feel free. We all want. And here's the thing. We are. Me too. We're already that. Mm. Yet, many of us are in a dark room without the light on. So it's kind of like, you know, oh, where are all those books? Or where are the, oh, if I could just get those glasses, if I could just get the that poem. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I'm in the dark room and like, you know, just over on the shelf is the poem. But I can't get to that. Yeah. I can't know I'm in it or that I'm next to it until I turn on the light. Yeah. It's so simple, meaning the idea of that to me, like that analogy of like, oh, I just need to turn on the light. But it's not, oh, I need to turn on the light. That journey to the light is everything. That is what we're all doing. That is what healing is. And not the light and let's write a poem. I love it. Let's do it. But I really mean just like trying to find, you know, for many of us, it's the journey of trying to find the switch. For me at this point, I know where the switch is. Yeah. I'm in, I'm almost, you know, I'm, I'm turning toward the 50 realm. I know where it is. I've been healing and living. I've been healing as a living my whole life. I got here and was like, the hell is going on? This can't be it. Mm. <laughs> and so I've always been like, I mean, really, are we really meant to suffer like this? Like, is this really life? You know? And so I know where the switch is now and I can find it in the dark. Now it's like, okay, what wattage is it on? You know, um, how much is in my way to it? There's so many other metaphors, but yeah. for me, I think that it's like the courage of the seed. Mark Nepo talks about this where, you know, it's, it's going to grow and it grows in the dark and then it reaches for the light and we hear it and we're like, totally. And then we forget within four seconds and we're back to getting an email or, oh my God, why does this person or da, da, da. And it's just like, no, 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 no. That courage of the seeds for right this minute. <laughs> so for later when we want to like have a seance and a dinner and get all orgasmic over our own wisdom, quote unquote, it's like, no, it's in the mundane. Yeah. Which I talk about in the book, that sacred mundane of the day to day. It's usually incredibly quiet. Ugh. You know, it's not something you post or it's quiet work. Yeah. Which is definitely where I'm headed in my next writing. It's like the quiet work is really, is really that work. Well, and that's what I feel like makes your book and your work powerful, especially in this age where people are compartmentalizing, like healing or spiritual work has to happen within some sort of a context of a retreat or a session or a workshop or some sort of a quote unquote spiritual act. And in your book, it's like every, every moment of, and especially with this ongoing metaphor of like the kitchen and that this hearth and this heart of healing that I felt really present in your book, but that the the spiritual work and the healing work is just happening organically there. And yeah, so I think that that 
that kind of takes me into a long, a longer line of questioning about this because I was really considering this and like, it really touched me this consideration of have we lost touch as a modern culture with the power of that kitchen heart hearth space to heal us? And now we're looking everywhere and paying all this money when there is this inherent potential in the home. And so I'm just love to hear you talk about that. Yeah, I love that. And I love, you know, the, I love that inquiry and we have lost it. Um, again, we're in the dark room. So the kitchen is right here yeah. in everyone's house. Everyone's got a kitchen, even if it's a, a, a you know, mug warmer and a small wine fridge <laughs> that they're using, you know, whatever it is in a studio apartment in New York or, you know, what I see you. <laughs> If you're listening, you know, it's like, or you have a super Martha Stewart modern day kitchen um, with the best fridge and inside is, you know, um, a sunny delight and maybe some pad thai from last week. You know, it, all to say the the kitchen and what can happen in the kitchen is not about controlling it's everything we've already spoken about. We're laying this foundation down already. Mm-hmm. It's not about anything other than our values. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are your values? And then when we ask, what are your values? We take that down the hall. What's the next question? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I? So have we lost it? Well, our values have shifted because our culture who's starving starving and malnourished is telling us, modeling to us that you work till you're dead. Providing is everything. Um, can't get enough. There's not enough. There's only room for one at the top. You know, all the things that we're all like, no, 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 you know. But yet, if you really do an inventory and take your your, your temperature on your day, you know, where are you spending most of your time? Is it on your email? Is it on me too, by the way? Hi, I'm, I'm included in, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> like, let's just make sure we don't have a fantasy of like, I figured it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're all walking each other toward our deepest longings is the hope is the hope. I would say I am walking toward that headlamp on and curious about where I am being dishonest. Where am I not aligned with my values? I would say daily. If I'm in a rush, or if I'm like thinking something is, you know, oh my God, I got to get back to that, or da da da, all of that is, it's made up. It's pretend. It's real. I told them I'd get back to them and I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I got to get on it, you know. We made this appointment to do this podcast. It's taken us a bit. Here we are. You know, that that means, oh, we both worked toward getting this done. You know, we, we both are. So I'm not saying, oh, none of that. And let's just, you know, hippie it out and live off the fields. I mean, I love that idea. So it's just like, who am I? Mm-hmm. I, I am that. I want to live off the, the land and tend to her. I, I also live in a city. I have two kids. I have a home. I'm a homemaker. I'm a home tender. 
I am so many things, right? And so in that, how do I make it? How do I cross the threshold into the doorframe of the kitchen? And not only how do I do that inside the day, emails, office, da-da-da, work, money, which is usually, I would say, most people's highest value or sacrificing for their children. Because mm-hmm. that's what was modeled. We watched women do it all. And that's still accoladed. And they were running on fumes and 75% of us have autoimmunity and we all just think it's an Oscar winning idea. And here's the thing. I get caught in it too. Yeah. Still, it's not just a topical thing like my hair. <laughs> it's a deep inset of like, oh my God, I feel like I'm late to the thing. I was going to get that done and that done. And, but Joy's here. So I want to be with Joy and oh, wait, hold on. I want to make a soft scramble. And like, so how can I make a soft scramble and let that be my meditation and breathing, put on some music and dance and be inside joy and also bring maybe the computer in onto the kitchen island and do the email. Like, how can I rewrite the story so that maybe I am cooking up a new way of compartmentalizing? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it isn't, maybe it doesn't have to be the way I think it has to be. And that is courage. It's brave to look inside and go, when we're not in the emergency room, Mm -hmm. it's brave even then too. So I would say that the kitchen, the hearth, did we lose it? We lost ourselves. We leave ourselves continuously. If we continue to disappear from ourselves, We've lost all the things that we long and want to be aligned with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we could call it the kitchen because the kitchen is something we're in every day. Yeah. And however the story was modeled, obligation, event, angst, martyrdom, whatever the mother story, whatever the culture, the kitchen culture of your home was, you're you're welcome to carry it forward. Or inside my work and this conversation and the fire I'm tending, I ask you, hey, do you want to heal in the kitchen? Do you want to, you know, here's here's something I don't even ask. I just offer like I did when you came to my home, just started making food. I didn't ask you if you were hungry. I didn't ask you if you wanted a tea. I made you the tea I drink. I love that in your book, too, that you said that like. Don't ask me if I'm hungry. I was just like, ah, thank God. (laughs) Yes. We don't know. I don't even know if I'm in my body. (laughs) I mean, am I hungry? Um, I don't know. Let me go get myself first. And then, (laughs) I mean, of course I'm hungry. And then we're all hungry. And so when food's down and I start to eat, oh, then my body comes back. Right, right. And I love that because I think a lot of people would be like, oh, no, I need to first make sure I'm connecting to myself or whatever. Like, I felt like it gave me right. so much permission to be like, I don't know, because if I'm in the middle of a busy day and I'm coming to land in a room with you and you're like, are you hungry? Like, I'm like, you're, I like, I just love that. It's just like, I don't know. But if you put down some beautiful yeah. nourishing things in front of me, I will be nourished. And um, And if I'm not like, physically needing a lot of food, I'm still going to be nourished by whatever tidbit that comes into my mouth. And because it's also a bit of a token of communion, not just um, a meal that I'm 
like sort of uh, taking in because I must get my meals in, right? And there's just so much. When I started thinking about reading your book and I was thinking about the kitchen and just like, oh my God, like when was the last time that my kitchen felt really alive, felt really Mm -hmm. full of love and you know, messy in the most beautiful way and, you know, dried flowers, old flowers, new flowers. And it reminded me a lot of like living in Seattle in my twenties and just having friends come and go and bowls of nuts and chocolate and, you know, altars. And there was like this aspect of mess, but like a beautiful mess that I'm like, oh, right. When did that when did that leave me? And it it just made me ask the questions of, has this computer, and I've asked myself this a lot, like, has this computer become the hearth for all of us? Mm. And how do we manage while we are like functioning in this computer world now? When I think back to my twenties, I wasn't, there was no, I wasn't on a smartphone. I wasn't in a computer. And so friends would pop by my apartment and we would sit and have tea and vintage teacups that we got at Goodwill and we would talk for hours and that kitchen feeling was there. And it definitely, it definitely pains me to feel how our society has the hearth of the light of the computer. And I mean, I do it. And my partner and I had like a fight the other night about me bringing the computer into bed to watch TV. (laughs) But since I'm not like drinking in the evening and I'm not really like going out and partying, like that's the watching TV shows are a part of my own decompression. But it's true. It's like there's this force in our homes and our lives and our beds and our kitchens of the phone or the computer that is... um, it's intense. I don't know. I don't know how to, you know, sort of so intense. make sense of it, except to just acknowledge it, you know? Um, I mean, what are we doing? You know, it's like once we slow it way down, we're like, what are we doing? Okay. So we're growing, we're offering, we're, you know, we're growing. And what I mean by growing is growing businesses or we're, we're working. Yeah. And it's like, if there's no mother or parent, or caretaker, a taker of care, mm-hmm. someone who caretakes and says, hey, enough. Mm-hmm. You've done enough now. If no one's there to do that, then it's up to us, which is an, a, a really important piece, like how disciplined can we be? Because it's all pretend. And I know this really well because I got to go on a journey of mortality. And when things like that come in, it's like, oh, (laughs) everything's pretend other than being an offering to the earth, you know? Okay. Well, if that's my highest value, which for me it is, I forget a lot. So my journey is to remember that is what I'm up to as a parent, as a mother, I didn't come from, that's, that's enough. Um, where that was said is in an, in an abusive situation, mm. like we were being spanked, mm. there would be, hey, that's enough. Someone would come in, which is interesting because that's an extreme, right? That's enough. So how about that's enough, like good work? Mm. 
good work. Now you're going to nourish and you're not going to post about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not going to turn it into tell <laughs> You're not going to like make seven videos. And I have to say, I love that you're bringing this up, Alexandra, because I, this has been a challenge for me. I don't have the bandwidth. Like I just don't have it. It's actually really emotional because mm-hmm. I had it. I had it like ad nauseum. It was like infinite. My turn it on and do the thing and do the live and do the thing. And it was like so fun. And I love it because I'm so into communicating and connection and serving. Yeah. And it's like serving what? Serving who? Quantity versus quality. And my following and my community has always been quality based. I do not have millions. No one's coming to the door to nourish their deepest life. I mean, it's if they do, they're coming from a far distance and they're fucking hungry for it. Yeah. And that is such a blessing when people write me, I've had your card for four years. I've read your book twice. I da da da. Like it's taken courage for them to even reach out to me. Right. It's like already a discerned situation. It's not like three steps to da da da. You know, right. the publishing house says to me, your book is an evergreen. People are not going to look up how to nourish my deepest life. The kitchen healer is going to come up. It's not going to be like that. It's like if you go into the book and you're like, oh, my God, what? Right. It's not even marketable. Ugh. So it's like there's a setup for me in a way that I that allows me to just rest. But that hasn't been the case. It's been, hey, and it could be this and it could be that. And let me customize it to the font that you understand and da da da. And I don't mind because I love it and I'm doing it anyway. And now I go into the kitchen and there were many, many months where I'm like, I should turn this on. I should do a Patreon video. I should do that. And I'm just like, I don't have it. Right. I want to give it to myself. Right. That's what I'm teaching. Give it to (sighs) yourself. Yeah. So how do I share it if I want to give it to myself? I can't well, video it. This podcast right now because that's right here. It's a low. It's it's a. I was about to say low rent, but I don't know why. It's a low <laughs> energy output. Hopefully, but can well, we, it is. Can and it's conversation. It's connection. Yeah. It's like this is it, and that takes courage to say I'm not doing that. Yeah. It's not like oh, I'm not doing that because I've reached two million followers and money's making money. That's not why. Right. It's not like, oh, now I can rest. Right. That's where I came from. But like, oh, okay, well, I've done it. Are doing that, I don't, I think they're still working their butts off, just personally. For you know. sure. Yeah. For, and they make it look like they're not. And so I feel like the conversation is this. Yeah. Like when, as kids, I didn't, I mean, are you joking? There wasn't like, oh, let me, let me make something yummy. And like, let me put something on so I can show you. It's like a whole nother part of the brain is being evolved, but it's like devolved. We're going backwards to then be seen or be heard or to offer or serve underneath that seen and heard. Yeah. And so there's a, it's interesting because it does go into the conversation a little bit around the book coming out. You know, it's like, yeah. As I pitched the book, as they said, yes, I'm like, oh, my God, it's a no brainer. I'm I'm great on the camera. I love being on camera. I have no problem. It's so fun. Da, da, da. The book came out and I'm like, I am exhausted. Right. I'm exhausted. Oh. I'm exhausted on on deeper ways than are 
even shareable. Like I'm personally exhausted. My, my marriage completely ended as this book came out. Like Mm. I am exhausted inside my grief. Like I must turn on the fire for myself. Now the book has become my healer. Mm. Mm. Who knew that was going to happen? I was ready to go and let's get on the Audubon with this book and we're going to tour it around the world. (laughs) I mean, I'm just like, Oh my God. Okay. One thing a day for me. Yeah. (laughs) If that, And I think hearing women say this out loud is so important because I'm with you. It's like there are times where it can feel really fun to be seen and have a lot of attention and energy. And then there are times where it's not. And especially if you're working one-on-one with people in a deep healing capacity, like that woman who had your card – I get similar requests. It's not, I'm not an easy person for people to work with. I'm not like people pass me around at their dinner parties as like their coach (laughs) mentor. And I, I've always gotten so jealous of my friends that are that and their businesses are just always booming and da da da. Right. No, they have (laughs) a wait list. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I, uh, for me, I feel how scary it is for a woman to reach out and to go, I know you have some medicine for me and I, I'm afraid, but I'm here. Um, and so being in those interactions that are beyond share, you can't share about them. They're, they're not shareable. You know, sometimes I share a few little tidbits on this podcast of amazing things with clients that are, that are shareable, but usually Mm -hmm. most of it is super private and it's intense and it's a lot of energy. And so when you're a person that's doing that kind of work, if you're offering people to come into your home, like I think you do and to come and to sit by the fire and to do a retreat where they're resting and this and that and the other, it's like, how am I supposed to do that and be a marketing machine? You're asking me to be a wise, mystical, healing woman and a marketing machine. Like the former mystics, again, they're all rolling in their graves going, ha, for sure. You guys are getting it all twisted up. Like, oh, for sure. You know, we mystics weren't out there marketing. I think traditionally, if you look back at kind of old fables and stuff, the ones that were kind of selling their oils and, and potions were usually the ones you didn't want to buy from the ones that were advertising all over. Right. They were like, totally come buy my potion. <laughs> no, I think that's really, and we, you know, we're trying, we've tried things on, you know, to be the offerings we are, we're to, it's not our fault. No. It's like, we've tried things on. I mean, I've been in my profession and really calling it a profession probably for 10 years. I started it as my son came into the world. So I would say 16 years and no one was circling. It was not, a, a, a you know, people would say to me like, okay, you have people come to your home and like they sit in the kitchen and you feed them lunch. <laughs> They're like, I know how to make a sandwich. I heard that once at the market and I was like, yeah, I mean, along with grief and poetry and nourishing and mm-hmm. and no one wanted to hear about grief until Brene Brown came around. So, you know, it's like the wording even to use the words to be, you know, brave enough to and then to to market and to do the things and and it's just I'm noticing I'm just not doing it. And so to even name it, which I always truly invite us to name, 
name it so it can disperse, name it so more space can be made. Here's the, the, uh, also the piece of joy, how it doesn't necessarily, you know, you don't walk to it. It may come to you as you make, you know, oh, who am I? Oh, I am a woman who um, doesn't have the bandwidth for um, all the things keeping up. I, I, I need, I need me. Yeah. I need me and I, and I'm healing a, a really big, a big I'm navigating such an enormous um, landscape with my children. And it's not ICU. <laughs> I love that. It's not the ICU. It's, it's, there's a lot of joy. Mm. Mm. Right. So it's like, even as I say, oh, my God, I'm navigating the landscape. I think trauma and trudging and darkness. And yes, there is that. Mm-hmm. And there's also massive miracles happening. Like I would have never seen. I would have never left my marriage. I would have never left for the miracles mm. that I didn't know were going to happen. Wow. And they come in the dark room while I'm looking for the light. I mean, like, let's just really make sure yeah. we're not, um, oh, my God, you know, I, she's at the top of the mountain. No. <laughs> if anything, I'm inside the mountain going, where the hell's the light? No, I mean, I'm... <laughs> Hi, everybody. Quick little interlude here. So I wanted to tell you what my favorite things are to put in my morning smoothies or morning coffee, chai, mate, cacao, depending on my mood. So I've been using uh, this incredible rose powder from Anima Mundi, which I love connecting to the spirit of the rose. There is this beautiful, deep, powerful feminine essence that I feel in the spirit of the rose. And so putting it, actually ingesting it, feels so incredible so that I can become um, less human and more rose. That's part of one of my life goals. <laughs> um, but I also use uh, from Anima Mundi Herbals, their happiness tincture and the energy tincture, which have lots of good things and they actually taste good, which is very important to me. And they also have just come up with some incredible rose body oils and face oils. And there's a rose face mask, which is beautiful and gorgeous. So I just highly recommend anything that comes from a really ethically sourced place, a female owner. They have incredible information on their website and their newsletter that helps you create ritual with the products, which I think is just super helpful and really beautiful. And the vibe is on point. And that's what's so important to me as I am a consumer in this world today. It's, it's, is this product in integrity? Can I feel uh, the heart of it? And I really can with Anima Mundi. So if you want to try any of their products, use the discount code Alexandra15 and let me know what you think. All right, you guys, back to the podcast. I was just thinking like, do you have any structure or rules for your own kitchen, for your kids or family, like to create that safe space of, of the, of the kitchen sacred world? Or do you, how do you run that? Cause I'm reading through your book. I was like, okay, we're, we're in the process of moving, but I was like, the next place I am, I'm going to really feel the kitchen before we say yes to the home. And I'm going to really feel, could this be like the heart of this home? And what do I need to make it that? 
one, it has to be an accessible location because right now we live like up a hillside and it's just harder. It's not a place people can just sort of pop by as much. But anyway, right. I was thinking about your kitchen and it's very alive and there's so much color and we'll talk about the wood boards in a second. There's all the wood boards and I'm just curious in your own home, like do you guys have rituals or structure or rules around the kitchen world? I love that so much. <clears throat> I mean, you know, my kids now are, I have a preteen and a full on teenager, um, you know, 12 and, and 16. So their, you know, rituals have grown and changed and shifted. And, um, and where it's steady, where that anchor is, is, has made its, you know, mark is in, um, is in, you know, calling myself in when I go in there, you know, mm -hmm. like I go in there and a lot of the times it's a mess. And so the tending process, moving the vitamins to the side, um, checking out the citrus and seeing what's, what's good or not. Okay. That could be a juice right now. Um, let me light a candle. I light my candle. I intention something now, this is all different times of the day this could happen, right? So I'm not lighting a candle if I'm leaving to take the kids to, um, you know, in 10 minutes. Now, if I wake up a few hours earlier, I light the candle, the sun hasn't even come out yet. The space is a complete beauty space for, you know, even if the dishes are in a bath from the night before, you know, it's like all of it is an invitation to feel my feet on the ground. It's not something to do. Mm -hmm. like it's a doing and a being which mm -hmm. I write so much about in the book mm -hmm. it's like this is it <laughs> mm -hmm. this is it right here here I am right here mm -hmm. doing the dishes you know and my altar that I look at when I do the dishes you know and and I'm doing them and I'm loving the soap I choose I'm loving the thing that washes the dishes I'm loving so all of these things that seem so almost ridiculous in our culture, right? Like, mm. okay, like, okay, whatever, your sponge. It actually is essential. I'm using it every day. Mm -hmm. I'm, if you live in LA and you're in your car 24-7, you're going to want a nice car. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, where are you and who are you? Mm -hmm. And so my tools, like my, my, my soap is on a cracked cake plate, you know, so I have a cake plate next to my sink. It's, mm. it's not just kind of the crappy soap and the thing, you know, I, 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 it, that's an altar. Mm -hmm. It's cleaning the, the thing that held my, my nourishment. So rituals and your inquiry around it, your question around rituals or, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I would say that the intention for the kitchen is permission. Yeah. And yeah, there are some, still some rules like, um, that live also ecologically in values. Like, you know, the snack, you know, area, the little snacks for, for lunches, they're not for when we're home, you know? So like the, the mundane kind of bullet point stuff. Yeah. Like that stuff is for your lunch. Like we're not, no. Cause then I'd have to figure out another way to transport the bigger popcorn, you know? So I'll get both. I'll have like a bigger thing or then, um, beauty doesn't love fruit in her lunch. So of course that goes on the wood board when she gets home. Like, so, but I'm not thinking about it in a compartmentalized way. Mm. It's, I would say that the, the, it's a conversation, mm -hmm. like what's happening in there is a, com it's an ongoing conversation that never stops. 
you know, like my kid comes home and now I'm dealing with, you know, he, he cooks my son and he's, um, 16 and a half and he is, you know, he'll come in and he hasn't eaten at school because school kind of provides stuff, but he just like, I don't know, he's just social during the four minute lunch that he's given in public school. So, you know, and then when he gets home, he's like starving and, you know, and so he'll, he'll make some things and then I come home and it looks like, um, a honey badger was there and, and, and was drunk and opened everything or high and just like fucking crumbville.com. And so, you know, then that's a conversation. Hey, Oshi, you can't, you can't do this. Like if you use the pan and then I always say to both of them, are you waiting for the staff to show up? When are they going to get here? Right. Yeah. Are you leaving this for who? Are you leaving? Are you leaving this for me? Because mm-hmm. mama's got like two meetings and I need to lay down on the bio mat. No, that's my news story. Um, but, right. you know, just like, so there's that piece of like tending. Yeah. How can it make a collective tending? But it's my, it's really my space. It's usually mm. the mother's space. Now I'm newly navigating a relationship where um, it's kind of both. And, and I would say in my marriage, it was both. And yet I was definitely the hierarch of the altars and the candle and making it a nourishing body. You know, I don't even think it's really a heart. It truly is a body I get Mm. into. Um, It's a mother. Mm. And so I go in there and I tend a little bit and I might make a bath if I don't have the time um, for, you know, washing and drying and, you know, stuff is on the counters and then it gets really filling and it's like, Oh my God, I can't. And so I go in there. So tending is a really big part of the cooking. Yeah. And in our homes of origin, that might've been, you know, a lot of people, oh, I don't like to cook cause I don't want to do the dishes. You know, it's like, well, how can you, how can you, do you love your dishes? Like so much that they call you in, you love it mm. so much in there. Mm. Like, okay, if they're super hoity-toity and great, get four. Mm-hmm. You don't need 12. Who's coming over? My parents, they had 12 or 15 of everything. I don't know. We're not doing that in this gener- in these generations. Right, right. So, yeah, I would say that there's so much ongoing active ritual in there. And then with my kids, like I'm still woodboard loving forever, and that's an enormous ritual. There's always food out, even if I'm cooking. Like last night we cooked and I put some olives, like I opened up a ball jar. I didn't even put them in anything. I just opened and the top was where the pits were going to go. And then I kind of threw on the kitchen island, just some of these yummy gluten-free bread kind of stick things. And like, I just had that out. Music was on and we were getting the water ready for the pasta. Like I'm just, I'm, it's an active conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm hungry now Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. usually kids are. So we have the food out and we're cooking. Yeah. Permission. Yeah. There's just, there's a feeling I get in my body and I, maybe it was also because I did get to come into your kitchen and immediately, even though it was busy and, you know, like you were in the middle of things and I was only in LA for a hot second, (laughs) drove from the West side to Mm -hmm. Pasadena and and drove back. (laughs) Brave act. (laughs) Um, so I was like I have approximately 10 minutes to be here (laughs) we're gonna nourish you up and send you off but you know immediately you got down a wood board and put 
some peaches and some cheese and some some things. And you, I don't remember if you asked about what I wanted or didn't want or if I ate or didn't eat a certain thing, but that felt so grounding and nourishing. And just hearing you just talk about like just I can just envision you throwing the the breadsticks on the wooden kind of island thingy yeah. and it already looks beautiful. Like it doesn't need anything else. And I think there's something about this kitchen space that gets to be our like sacred living altar that we're living within and creating within and nourishing within and having hard conversations in the family within. Um, and that it's, it's like a, a like this, this feeling of it being like this living warm space. And, um, it feels, it feels very comforting, like a very home-like when you're talking about Mm -hmm. it, just like feeling that, um, it reminds me of the good parts of my childhood, which was my mom always had music on when she was playing, you know, uh, making dinner and she always lit a candle, you know, and for her, Mm. she always had a glass of wine, you know, and it felt like she was creating this beautiful scene. And I remember Mm. once, you know, I grew up in Marietta, Georgia, the music teacher from school's daughter came for dinner and, uh, she didn't call us woo-woo. What did she call us? Something like, you know, she said something about us being a little weird or magical or something. It wasn't woo-woo back in the <laughs> 90s. But it was because my mom served mixed greens with the mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so <laughs> and, um, funny. And this, this other gal had never had, like, mixed greens. Like, mixed greens coupled with the candle and Enya playing – um ah! was like enough for her i think oh to God. to think that we were living within an episode of practical or within the movie practical magic um oh my gosh that is hilarious but the those some of those rituals and hearing you it's like the candle the music all of that to me is still incredibly important when i go to a friend's house and dinner or breakfast or anything feels utilitarian or rushed I'm like yeah. where I like I'm yeah. always like can I put some music on and I'm like can I like this yeah. candle? and they're like oh you're so cute such a gift. <laughs> it's such a gift your mom gave you you know that's and I and I hear that it was coupled with the other the other ingredients you know it's like <clears throat> and then you get to unravel you know you get to unravel that for you and and do you you know draw that bridge I mean essentially as we're crossing that door frame into the kitchen we are transitioning toward ourselves, like you were saying, from the computer, from work, from traffic, from whatever you were doing. This is your transition. It can crossing over into the doorframe, putting on the music, lighting the candle is your glass of wine. Right. It is. You don't need to do something else to take off the edge. It is to take off the it is to um, become more of you like this is living yeah not oh surviving life to get a meal in which is totally how so many of us watched it happen or that industrialized way or when I go into people's homes and I can't find their food that brings up stuff for me like where's your food 
You know, like meaning where, where are the wood bowls? Where are the plastic bowls? I don't care what they are, where, you know, and you, what do you see? You see a, a fake bowl of plastic lemons. Now, anyone listening who has that love you, like, it's not, oh, you're a bad person. It's what you, like, what is there? Who are you? What is there for you? Yeah. You know? And so it's like, buy the big bag of apples from Trader Joe, buy the bigger bunches of things, even if you live alone, saute the apples, bake them. You know, it's so easy. There's all these beautiful recipes in the book that offer the ease of creating things, have abundance in food so that when you transition toward yourself, you know, when you disappear from yourself to write the emails or you take the call that was hard or whatever we do, um, you know, it's like as we move into that kitchen space, which is offered to us 24 seven, we're all in the kitchen at some point, right. even if we're doing takeout, whatever we're doing. So it's not about like cooking, right? You know, the food, it's like, it's not about that. Even though in our culture, it, like, you know, it seems like, it. oh, do you know how to cook? Right. No. How do you want to cook up your life? Yeah. Like, let it be you know, food from, you know, get, get the sushi from the place and warm the soup from the place, light a can, you know, make it yours. Right. Yeah. I think that, well, I'm curious, I was going to ask before I move on, do you have rules with the kids bringing phones and computers in while you're eating or hanging out? Oh yeah. No, that's not going to work at all. <laughs> no. Shit. There's a basket near the, in the kitchen actually, where like kind of the um, we have a little area that's kind of um, where the vitamins are and there's a basket there and a charger. And so like everybody put, you know, my daughter doesn't have a device. So she has she she has this, you know, iPad, but she doesn't have a, a thing. And there's there's always been media um, values in our home. Yeah. My son now now I'm totally powerless over my son's usage. But um, other than we turn it off and that sort of thing, meaning internally <laughs> my husband knows how to do all that but with her dad but um but in terms of like yeah no when we're together we're together um you know and and I'll even say oh she come on in here and bring a chair in like I did with you you know it's just like this is this is the communal area and my kitchen is small in this home you know and so mm. it's sweet you know just come on in and and then I have food out so it's like we're just you know how is today what's going on you know um, he might say, well, I want to turn on this, you know, music for you. My son has like a full on language. He's a skater and he, he has the, the language of his generation. So he, he teaches me all of the things, you know, if he tastes something, he's like, that's fire. I'm like, okay. Um, you know, I'm learning all the, the terms. Um, we laugh a lot, you know, and when things are heavy, um, which are often too, um, you know, it's like, um, you know, warm something or, um, you know, they'll come and sit down on the floor, um, you know, and if he, okay, well, I just want to email somebody or I just want to text, you know, I'm texting back and forth to find out, okay, you know, give five minutes, you know? Right. So, I mean, again, we're in the conversation of it. I'm not in control. Yeah. Um, it's more just, Hey, want to be with you. You know, it's like when we start to really speak from those I places, which I'm learning so much later in life, um, that I statement is so powerful, you know, Hey, I'm, I missed you. And now navigating two homes, never did that before. So when we transition, it's a big deal. We're all transitioning. It's not just my kids. It's me too. So 
let's be gentle. Maybe we'll do takeout that night. Maybe we, you know, maybe I'll make something amazing or I'll bake that day. You know, like just how can we transition with ease and love mm-hmm. and warmth? It doesn't win every time. It doesn't mean, oh, it's the answer. It just, for me, that's who I am. So I'm aligned with who I am, not what will be best for them. I'm doing what I love. Right. That helps me. I'll put the biomat on, beauty gets on it. You know, and if it means transitioning with media for a little bit or tonight we're watching a movie at five and it's a school night. okay. Like it really is what's going to be best for us if Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted and I want to watch a fun, dumb movie is what we call them at our house. It's just like, okay, let's watch a fun, dumb movie tonight, but it's got to be early, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there, you know, rules don't work. And Osho always says they're not listening. (laughs) And I loved that when I read his, you know. No one's listening to you. Okay. Um, so, you know, if no one's listening, then I should probably cook up some food, put on some music and enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So one thing I'm curious about, which we touched on a little bit and just hearing you and feeling into this world of being a mom, being either a single mom or a married mom or whatever, but feeling that almost like, inherent responsibility to provide three meals a day for a group of humans in your home and potentially running your business, um, cleaning the home, taking care of a pet, all the other things Mm. like the the list is endless. And I was thinking about this the other day. I can't remember. It was something I read online or I think it was actually me and I saw on Instagram. It was just like a woman looking and going, wait, am I going to be cooking three meals a day for every human in this house for the next oh, right. I saw years? That. And she yeah. was like, shit, I didn't even think about that. Oh my God. Oh, it sounds so overwhelming. But I'm just curious, how do you, how do you manage that? Because I wonder if someone hearing or picking up your book, maybe sees all the beauty and the recipes and the poetry and the rituals and goes, well, yeah, this looks great, but like, how the hell could I do this with my busy schedule? And I, I know you a little bit and I know that you don't have like a team of seven nannies and cleaners and, you know, all of that and that you are managing somehow. So tell us how. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing, you know, I do, I do have a housekeeper. She comes once a week. Thank God. Yeah. And if she doesn't, it really like, I'll be like, Oh, I don't think I need her this week. Oh, no, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need all the help I can, I can gather. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Um, I don't have um, support in the other ways, but I have support for me. Yeah. I have support for my well being. Mm-hmm. I see healers weekly. I because I'm my, I'm going to be the I'm the most in my way. Mm hmm. It's going to be me, you know, in, in program and recovery, we call a qualifier. I'm my, I'm my greatest qualifier. I get cra- I can get crazy. So we don't want that when we're, you know, we don't, we don't want that on the highest volume. We want that on a low volume. So I make sure to tend myself. And one of the ways I tend myself, and I share this in the book, the last whole section is about gathering a team. We don't know that. It's a complete pioneering idea unless you're an emergency room doctor, or you're in an emergency room, one or the other, that's okay to have a team. But 
to have a team as a just a, a single mom or a married person or a person, <laughs> let alone a person and a woman. And so um, get a team. I don't care what it is, who it is, get the the women in the preschool to come over and everybody one night does, you know, for three nights for, you know, or just Tuesdays, Thursdays. So then Monday, uh, Sunday night, you're looking forward to Tuesday for someone to have a, a yummy dinner thing. So I would say yes to, I, I'm not alone in doing it. I also use my words. I forget that my kids are capable. I forget mm. that they can help me. I forget. Yeah, people say like, oh, she gets chores and then she gets money. I, I'm not I'm not even on top of that. You know, um, I always say to my kids, I want to be a yes to everything you need. And it's a give and take here. We're a team. Right. So like if you need shoes, yes. Just don't don't fight me on the dishes. You know what I mean? Like I don't need to give you money. I just and I'm all about people having their own money. I'm sure there's like people with money things on the call. I mean, like, great. <laughs> and please call me. I need help in that where area. But I mean, it's just one thing at a time. The three meals, one meal at a time. But I would say the biggest thing at that, which is so perfect, is woodboard love. And that's mm -hmm. a really big part of the book. It's just putting food out. And what's the biggest thing about putting food out? Love the food you put out. Hmm. love it not go to the store with a list go to your farmer's market go to that fun little you know shop that's got like artisanal things go buy the flowers yeah go harvest the rosemary at the neighbor's house that has so much of it she doesn't know what to do with herself help her yeah <laughs> take some of it put it in the center of your dining room table mm-hmm you know, and like work winning over meals is the starving culture. So if being in the kitchen and cooking up a yummy something isn't winning over the email, we got a problem. We got a malnourished value system. And I'm not saying like, and then how do you do it? If you didn't see it, if you, if your mom died, when you were young, I have many clients, moms died when they were younger, the single father mourning, um, you know, eat everything off your plate, the scarcity that came from the depression, um, you know, money, money story, all of it, it's all connected. All of it is connected to food and beauty, you know, gather beauty, who do you think you are? How much money do you have? I mean, that's where a lot of us come from. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying, take a walk and get an acorn and put it in the center of your table yeah. with a votive candle that was from the 99 cent store. I don't care what it takes. Right. The point is, is that beauty is a healer and food is beauty and beauty going into our bodies creates more beauty. And that risk we take to put the wood board out or to put a white plate out, white plate love. I don't care what it is. Paper plate love, call it whatever you want. Mm -hmm put out some food. It can totally be, um, you know, wherever you went for lunch, get an extra thing. So you have something to start with mm. for dinner. Yeah. It's just, it's on my mind of what will be the most easeful thing that aligns with my values, which means it's truly easeful, right? Not easy and free 
because that ends up causing a disease. Yeah. Our culture is fast food and cheap and fast. Nothing is cheap and fast. So what are we doing? We're, we're investing. My money goes to food a lot of the time. This shirt is 20 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. It's a great shirt. Um, you know, where does my money go? My money goes to food weekly. My money goes to where I get my food. That's a huge value of mine. Yeah. I want to know I'm eating the best food I can. I'm lucky. I'm super privileged. I also know the greatest farms in the area. I know the local single mom that owns this great company where she comes to my door weekly with the produce from the market that I can't get to, or I'm not making the time to go to the market. And so it's a ripple effect that's aligned with my values. Mm -hmm. I want to support her. I want to support me. It's a, we're, we're in a win-win, you know, when I go into the kitchen, I never think about meals ever. Wow. That is totally mind blowing. I think about food. That is amazing. I think about food. I love, Mm. I want to go in and make a wood board. I usually just grab a board. Am I hungry? I have no fucking idea. I don't know if I'm hungry. I just know we have bodies. I got to get a wood board out. I'm going to cut up some goat Gouda from Trader Joe. I'm going to cut up a Fuji apple. I'm going to put maybe some almonds on there and some Castorville Toronto olives. And it's out. And now I'm going to figure out what I'm making for dinner. Right. right. Now I'm going to figure out, okay, lunch, morning is, you know, some strawberries and pistachios and whatever I have, again, seasonal, whatever, whatever's even in my thing. Like, okay, so shop for the board. Don't shop for meals. So this is a, this is a mind blowing thing, and I just want everyone to hear it. Shop for the board is shop for the board. Get yourself a slab of wood, or a, I want to know where to get a cute heart. But we have all these different wood boards. We leave them out in my shop. Okay, okay. Get a heart. I'm gonna get I have a, heart. a shop. Come, come and get a heart board because the heart feels. We have a million of them. All the, also, and it's also a legacy piece. Yes. Your, your, your kids. I mean, the Beatrix Potter cups that I still have from my childhood offer me so much. Yeah. I've gotten into so many fights with my partner. This is a whole another topic I won't get into too deeply, (laughs) except that for, because I, I love staining boards and I love being messy. Yes. Stain your boards. Yes. And I think when, as I move into this next phase, wherever we go, I have to, I have to reclaim my domain. He's gotten better. He's a Virgo rising. He likes the kitchen to be spotless all the time. And, um, and that's totally fine. You can have an area. I work with couples all the time. You do. Like you can absolutely. Ha- oh yes. You can have an area that's like, you know, and again, you're going to meet each other in the middle, like beautiful bowl, everything in there. Yeah beautiful basket, everything in there. So it's tended, but it's contained. It's not everywhere. We have found that we have a lot of great rituals. We like whoever wakes up first, lights a candle, leaves it in the dark in the morning for the next person. And we have bowls of flowers and chocolates and all kinds. I love that. I would just not, I would be probably 10 times more messy if it was, (laughs) but uh, the stained boards, when I saw that in your book, that was like, Stain your boards. I was like, yes, I love that. You know, stain your linens, stain your, (laughs) just like when you go into someone's home and if you go, usually it's, you know, in Europe, but when you go, but now it could be anywhere, you know, you go and you have an experience, the more worn the spoons are, 
the more, you know, the more stained things are like in a, in a be again, in an aligned way, yeah. you know, we're not, it's not, it's not stained from, um, you know, the honey Dijon sauce from, you know, um, you know, the, the, the chicken place around the corner, right. it's stained from the gaviota strawberries from the farmer you've known for 18 years. And yeah. this is the board. My kids had the strawberries on every single day. You know, ah. I, I'm, I, I know we're, we're like at our wrapping up time. I just feel like, A, I'm so curious how much like Taurus you have in your chart because you're like healing my, uh, <laughs> definitely have a Taurus. I know there is a Taurus. There is a Taurus. I think it's in like love or something. Oh, okay. I think it's in like the, yeah. but I love that. Yeah. There's just one. I mean, I'm super fire most places. Yeah. <laughs> but there's something about this. I also feel like it feels very, um, like Mediterranean. Like I feel like this for can, sure, it feels so good. And anyway, I feel like there's such a juicy Mediterranean feeling of this kind of kitchen that has so much color and texture. And there's so much of that in your book. I mean, I had like 10 other questions, of course, that I would have loved to go into, but you offered us so much here today. And I really hope that everybody not only gets your book, but puts it into practice yes. in their homes. I know that I'm going to put it in my next kitchen and I want to reconnect with my own values of the kitchen of those stained wood boards and always having just beautiful, nourishing tidbits put out mm. for every visitor that enters my home. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much for having me. It was so gorgeous. I'm so looking forward to more questions. You'll have to continue to ask me. It's because it's a forever conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Big love. You're so wise. You're so wise. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us. And are there other things that you want people to know about what you're doing in the world right now? I'm just loving us so much, you know, and I would say that in the offering realm, um, Instagram's a really great place to go. Not on it all the time, but I'm there. And I have a Patreon. That's where the community gathers in the kitchen in um, the work. And also the bigger thing that is really happening here is people are coming to my home from all over. People fly in. They have private retreats here. Um, there might be big thresholds in their life, like a birthday, um, but it doesn't have to be that. You know, it can just be two people. It can be mother, daughter. It can be sisters. It can be um, anyone who's wanting to heal um, and and be nourished in the deepest of ways. So much happens in the time here, with the fire and in the kitchen. And it's not really a teaching. It's more of a modeling. So that's why it's such a deep healing. So, yeah, those retreats. And then, of course, I have sessions on my site. I take women on journeys, um, but you can also just do a one-off session. I've been doing that since the book came out. It's been really, really powerful. So you can check everything out um, on the website, julesblainedavis.com and on Instagram. And I'm just grateful for our time together. I loved connecting with you and I'm excited to watch you grow in all the ways. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this was so nourishing just being in conversation today and there's something about what you offer that just feels like love and nourishment. And I hope that for whoever's listening, that if you're needing that, 
that you give yourself permission because it's not about having a, a, a teacher, a coach, or a mentor who gets you somewhere always. Sometimes it's about like that re-mothering or um, nourishing a part of you that only another woman can do. So I feel that you probably do that with a lot of women. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.